Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, you've tuned in to America's Home for Conservative, Not Better Talk. I I am your host, Todd Huff. Dropped the phone there. Sometimes I use the phone, too. Sometimes I have it on the computer. Sometimes I have some things on my phone, and oof, I dropped the phone there. Anyway, good to be here. Here we are already at Friday. I know it is hard to believe that we're already at Friday. But we are here, and there, of course, is, as usual, lots of things to discuss. And I want to start today, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to start today with something I heard from James Carville. Now, for those of you that have followed politics for some time, you will have heard of James Carville. Now, some of you may be newer to politics. I know we have listeners from all different types of backgrounds and experience levels. It's it's fine if you don't know who he is. But Jimmy Carville, uh, James Carville, um, he is, I mean, you can go, go back to the Clinton days. Um, he's a Louisiana boy. And he has a lot of, <laughs> I guess you could say, a lot of uh, character in the way that he, he talks. He's definitely... He's definitely a memorable individual. And there's things about Carvel. I mean, I don't agree with Carvel, but every once in a while, I think he almost stumbles into truth. Um, He does not in this particular instance. I think he's being interviewed on MSNBC, I think. I'm I'm not sure. One of these, they're all the same. It doesn't matter where he's being interviewed because, candidly, they are all the same. But Carvel is, um, well, he's thinks that you and I, or if you're a Republican, which again, most of, I don't, I don't consider myself, how do I answer, I don't think of myself as a Republican. I'm a conservative. I'm a constitutionalist. I'm someone who believes in the role of the government as laid out by the founders. I believe that the government has certainly a role certainly has some authority that we the people have given to it via the constitution and but that's it i don't think that we should be subjected to it i don't think that we are helpless or i don't think that we should view ourselves as the helpless party here hoping that the government doesn't do to us what we don't want it to do because that's not the way that it should work it has unfortunately become the way that many people think about it. They think the government just going to do what it does. What are we going to do to stop it? And I understand the sentiments. I just thoroughly reject that particular way of doing business, that particular way of running the country, because candidly, that is not what we have here in the United States of America. But in practicality, that is what has been established here in this in this great nation. Again, it's unfortunate and all that, but nonetheless, I would say that 
that is how that's how it's viewed by many people in politics today. So I'm not I vote Republican. Um, that's not a hundred percent true. In fact, I there was a race recently that I did not vote for the Republican. It's rare that I don't because candidly, you want to. Reagan once said, "Vote for the." I'm paraphrasing here, but we want to vote in the Republican primary. For example, you want to nominate the person who's the most conservative person who has a legitimate chance at winning, and that becomes a little complicated sometimes because every once in a while. The primary elects someone or the party elects someone through the primary process that's not electable, someone who puts their foot in their mouth or makes some major mistakes on the campaign trail or whatever. But in general, I'm not, I don't view myself as a Republican, although I typically vote Republican, sometimes begrudgingly. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. There's some seats, uh, some offices that I am not happy about voting for. In my particular state of Indiana, um, be it, you know, just cer- certain things on my ballot. But there's others that I do kind of think that they're good. They're good candidates. All that being said, Carville thinks if you vote Republican, that you're pretty much an idiot, that you're pretty much, well, he says stupid, Um. What else? Misogynist, I think, is something else. You're a misogynist. You're probably evil, and you're racist. <laughs> Which, again, is just so... But this this guy and his party has been saying this for so long, I don't even think that they... Again, these political consultants, these political so-called experts, they don't... I don't think that they even think about what's true or accurate. All they think about is what can I go out there and peddle? What message can I go out there and say that will motivate the troops, that will inspire people who are Democrat to go vote in the primary or ultimately, most importantly, in the general election? And which things can I say that will give the most people pause to push a button or to pull a lever for a Republican and instead, either almost guilt them into, shame them into voting for a Democrat, or just hit all the emotional issues to where they ignore everything. They ignore inflation. They ignore an open border. They ignore what happened in Afghanistan. They ignore a totally inept president who can't not just ride a bicycle, can't stand up with a bicycle, can't read a teleprompter, can't complete a sentence, wears his mask out, coughs in his hand, shakes hands with everybody in the room, passing germs. His wife, the first lady, didn't she just test positive for COVID, I saw? So who knows? He's caught, Biden catches COVID every 45 minutes, so who knows what's going on there? I mean, all these things that are going going on right before our eyes, inflation, recession, um, true job you know, a true analysis of where the jobs stand, not just an economy that has reclaimed jobs that were shut down because of the governmental response to COVID, which is what happened. When they they brag about all the jobs 
that have been created under the Biden administration. All that really happened are the jobs that were canceled, if you prefer to say that, canceled by the government because of COVID policies and reactions and so forth. Those simply have come back. We haven't created massive amounts of new jobs. In fact, we are in a recession, no matter what Andrea Mitchell or any other reporter, what any other economist, what any other journalist or politician has to say about it. The facts are the facts, and the American people, the American people by and large, or at least in greater numbers today than ever before, have caught on to this stuff. And so, but the trick here, as we'll hear from Carville as I play this soundbite in a minute, is to is to hit the the high notes, is to get people to not think about that. Instead, get people to think that they are voting for effectively Adolf Hitler or, well, that's really the only uh, person that ultimately that they're trying to say that Trump is and, and other Republicans because, candidly, that's the only person that many of their voters have even have even heard of. You throw in, say, Benito Mussolini, they don't know anything about that. They don't, they're not going to even begin to understand. A lot of their voters think America was founded in the 1900s. So they just need Hitler. They just want to connect Hitler. You know, racist, um, hater of of people who are different, superficial, um, someone who is a nationalist, and connect this to, to Trump and to Republicans by extension, so on and so forth. So Carville, Carville here being interviewed. Now, this has been edited... Um, by the hill, by the hill, and it's been edited just to kind of splice together different different parts of this conversation. It's not to try to change uh, what what Carville was saying, but I just want you to hear this. This is how this is how Carville wants America to view people who vote Republican, and just listen to the <laughs> listen to the. I mean, this is this is bold what he's claiming here. I mean, this is half the country he's talking about here. So here it is, James Carville talking about how terrible of a person you and me and other folks who vote Republican are. Here it is. The problem that the Republican Party has is, is less dramatics. The former governor of Georgia said famously, the problem with the prisons in Georgia is the quality of the inmate. The problem the Republican Party has is they got really stupid people that vote really in their primaries. Stupid people. And when, when you have that, you're going to get in really stupid people demand to have really stupid leaders. And that's where the Republican Party is now in India. So we pay what huge majorities of the Republican Party don't believe in evolution. Right? Huge majorities of the Republican Party follow Donald Trump and whatever that insanity is. But, but somehow or another, we pay been drinking a greater price for 11% of our people than they do for 65% of their people. People that believe that the election was stolen and have a right to, to storm the Capitol, which is a substantial number of people in the Republican Party, are evil. There's, we have our, our people are, are kind of silly. Their people actually, racism is evil. All right, misogyny is evil. I'm sorry. Uh, a pronoun is, to me, is, okay, fine. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you want to be a, a vegan, I don't vegan. care, but you want to eat. You know what the right? pronouns but, but that's are not, about, Jimmy? It's not the same thing. 
it's not, you know, not all of it. There's some, obviously some very high quality, you know, smart, patriotic Republicans. But they're not Adam in the majority. Kinsinger. They're not in charge. So, and that's ultimately their problem here. So Carville thinks, and again, that was Splice. This was a, an interview he had um, that was, you know, kind of spliced together. Um, actually, it was with The Hill. I said it was with MSNBC. It was um, with The Hill. And so that's how Carville thinks what he thinks about you. He thinks that if you um, have questions about the integrity of our elections, you're evil. Of course, notice what he tied together there. If you have questions about the integrity of our elections, um, you also are in favor of the Capitol building being stormed, which is obviously not um, – those things are mutually exclusive. One does not have to be – one can think that there's legitimate problems with election integrity or voter fraud and also think that the events of January 6th, whatever those ultimately turn out to be, but the, the violence and so forth that um, – happened on January 6th, you you can think, I mean, I know this is hard for Jimmy Carville to follow here, but you can think that there's concerns about election integrity and also not be one that was storming the Capitol. I mean, what, what, again, I'm talking about it as though he's serious in his uh, analysis. He's not serious. What he, well, he's serious in wanting people to think these things and make these connections, but he's not, it's not, they're not serious. It's not a serious, uh, line of thinking. It's not logical. It's silly. What's this stuff about, uh, you know, having, he was kind of joking about the, uh, the pronoun stuff. And he brings up, if you want to be a vegan, that's Jimmy, that's not what pronouns are about. My friend, that is nothing of the sort. The pronoun battle is a battle against reality and truth. And, you know, if someone wants to think these things on their own, I suppose that's their prerogative. But where it becomes problematic is when there begin to be laws, (laughs) which there are in some places, especially some countries. Look at Canada, for example, or even look in, I think it's California and some of their nursing, uh, some, some laws pertaining to folks in nursing homes. Um, but to demand that people accept something as reality, you have to declare this person is a male, for example, when this person was born a biological female. If you have a problem with that, Jimmy Carville says it's just like someone being a vegan. I guess this is an I don't even know if he's been drinking or what's going on there. But the point is that this is this is the tactic of the left. They call people stupid if you vote Republican and they try to shame people. They try to shame people into not voting Republican or to not vote Trump or what have you. And that is they they shame and bully Whereas we persuade. And that's really what I want to talk about in the next segment. They shame, they bully, we persuade. I think that's really important to understand. We we want people to, I guess just as a, as a mental picture, I think of it as if you can just 
gently place your hands on someone's shoulders and turn them, turn them to to face truth and reality, and then say, now you you piece this together. But what you've been told about me, you're looking in the direction of darkness and lies and deceit. What you've been told about the Republican Party, what you've been told about talk radio show host Todd Huff or whatever, what you've been told about people who call themselves conservatives, maybe call themselves Christians or libertarians or you know people who are, I guess, countercultural to the main, to, to the accepted worldview and political ideology of today, if you listen to the mainstream you know, education, um, media, uh, entertainment, and so forth. We're countercultural to that. Now, I think there's more of us. I think there's a lot more of us. They just have the bigger the bigger platforms they control uh, they control the the airwaves if you will or they control who's seen online and it they amplify their voices and they they silence or they shrink at least the voice of what i think is the true majority in massive ways candidly because it's it's again it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz. We've got Oz here behind, behind the scenes, behind the curtain at the show. She's pulling all of the, hitting all the buttons and pulling all of the things to make this show stay on course and so forth. But there's also these manipulators in politics, manipulators in culture. And it's one person or it's a small group of people. As I've said before, it's I think it's the biggest reason the left fears Elon Musk actually pulling off this purchase of Twitter, or even if he doesn't purchase it, if if it's revealed how small, how much smaller the actual number of Twitter users are than the what they want you to think. I think there's a drastic difference there. I do. I think there's a massive gap between the number of real people who are on Twitter out there saying ridiculous, radical leftist ideas and so forth, and and how many it appears that there are because of algorithms or fake accounts or whatever they're doing to multiply the voice of one, one person or one group of people. It's the same thing across the board in, in every aspect of politics and, and education. That's why they want to silence they want to silence people who have other viewpoints because they know that if people hear those viewpoints articulated in a way that is compelling, that is, I mean, logical, then they know that they they can't compete with that. And so they silence and they bully. It's what they do. It's who it's who they are. They silence and they they bully. We persuade. So Timeouts in order really long in this segment. Oz did not do her job this segment. I'm blaming her 100% for letting me go this long this time. Getting a look here as I say that, but that's okay. We'll take a timeout, continue when we get back, and talk about, just talk about this, the difference between these things. So we'll do that on the other side of the break. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Oz wanted me to let you know that she's not the one technically pressing the buttons on the soundboard. I did not mean that literally. I simply was meaning 
that just as Oz is the person behind the curtain that's metaphorically making things happen here on the show, there's also people, a small group of people, who control the algorithms and who silence speech on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and so forth. People who determine, like um, Zucker used to do at CNN, people who controlled what news would be told or spoken about the you know at the during the evening news or whatever there are people that are pulling the levers metaphorically here and they make it look like there's a lot more of the left and a lot less of the right also during the break I was, I was had a pretty good observation James Carville who, as she so eloquently put it, looks like he's 108 in this video that I played the audio from. She said that, well, he's married to Mary Madeline, who's a conservative commentator. And it's just, she said, how do they, how do they, again, I don't, I think that, you know, you can be married to someone who's even liberal conservative if you, if you work, it's probably not common. A lot of people can't do it, but some people can do it. But we have something a lot worse than that here. We have a guy that apparently thinks his wife is what a misogynist, racist, <laughs> who's who's evil, and is hell bent on destroying the United States of America. I mean, that seems like that's more than just a, you know, I like the Republican team a little bit more than the Democrat team, or vice versa. So that has to cause, well, you would think, in a sane world that would cause problems at home, but who the heck knows? Who knows anymore? But they've done this. They've, they've lived together and worked in this world for so long, they're probably immune to it. Anyway, so the difference here. Carvel and the left, they want to bully, and they want to intimidate, and they want to silence. This is how the left does it. This is what constitutes in their deranged worldview as well they don't even think of it as persuasion they just think of it as victory they think if you can basically make people feel stupid for being you know voting republican if you can make it socially socially unacceptable if you can bully intimidate mock demean all that sort of stuff then that's that's their strategy, which is crazy in a, in a sane world, right? Now, why do they do it? They do it because, folks, unfortunately, it works. It works on some people. It works on some people. It doesn't work on the free thinkers. It doesn't work on the people who ask why. It doesn't work for the people who actually need things explained because... That's not the way that we that we function. We don't care. In fact, that's one of the reasons. Now, my, my dad's a, a union Democrat, so we don't talk a lot of politics. But the thing I admire most about my father, I've shared this with, with some folks before, is that there could be I, – I, we live in a – we grew up in a small town, and I just envision this you know, 1850s town square meeting – where everybody comes together and so forth, and everybody in the town, say there's 500 people in the town, 499 of them think one thing, 
And my dad didn't agree. He would not give in. He wouldn't say, you're right. If he wasn't genuinely convinced, he would <laughs> he would stand and argue or stand in opposition to the 499. And I admire that. I think that, that I think that's admirable. Even if I disagree um, with with the actual, you know, maybe the particular principle or idea or whatever, I admire that. And we need we need more of that, right? And so, but but a lot of people aren't like that. A lot of people just say, "Hey, I just I don't want what's the easiest easiest path here? How do I how do I get the easiest promotion or how do I get the most likes on social media? How do I become hip and cool? What do, you know, what does the NBA and the NFL have to say about this? What does today's entertainer have to what does, you know, take your pick on the Hollywood lunatics? What does this person think? That person think? What does Beyonce sing about? You know, what does, ta- again, I don't, I'm not a big celebrity guy, so I'll run out of examples of celebrity names really quickly. But the point is, there's a lot of people that fall into that category. And so, peer pressure, humiliation, mockery, belittling, bullying, calling you stupid is, is the way that, that they go about it. It's not how I think about it. And I don't think it's the healthy way to think about it. I don't think, I think it's a very unhealthy way to think about it. I don't think, I think that the people on the left, well, the radical left, there, there are certain people who have abandoned even caring about right and wrong, good and evil. They, they've, there are certain people that have chosen, that have chosen to just embrace whatever it is, evil, um, but doesn't matter if good or evil, as long as it helps them or, you know, just, they've abandoned any notion of, caring about the right thing or the principled stand or whatever. But thats I don't think that's most people. I think most people just need it explained to them. I think most people, if they actually have the information, if they actually have someone articulate it, if they actually have someone who can explain it in a way that's not, you have to do it the right way, right? I mean, you can't. We can't do the same thing in return. We can't belittle and call them stupid and everything else. A, I don't think it's it's true. B, I don't think it's helpful, even if it is true. So our our approach is different. Our approach says persuasion. And persuasion is again, as I said on the first segment, it's just gently putting your shoulders on or your hands on someone's shoulders and turning them to where they can see the light of truth and then I mean, folks will figure this will figure this out. Again, we have to we have to answer questions and explain some things because they've been they've been taught, they've been sometimes just maybe not directly taught something, just have what what do I want to say? Like uh, just absorbed it through the way that it's spoken about or taught or explained in, in culture and, and education or whatever, just through osmosis, um, that everything's about feeling because liberalism is ultimately about how does it feel? You know, I don't like that. Okay, let's make a law to stop it. Well, should we be doing that? Is there a better way to stop it? Should people have the freedom of choice to, to make a decision 
that we don't like if it doesn't directly harm us and affect our life, liberty, property, pursuit of happiness? Those sorts of questions. And I think Carvel here doesn't care about any of that. He just says, if you disagree with me, you're a stupid, misogynist, racist, and you want to overthrow the country pretty much. It's absurd. It's funny in a sense because it's so stupid because that is that doesn't subs- uh, I explain or describe, I should say, a single conservative that I know. Anyway, timeouts in order. Sit tight, my friends. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I want to talk, we mentioned this earlier in the week. I think we've hit on this several times, but we haven't just, I don't know, just talked about it directly for a prolonged period of time. But I want to talk here about this uh, so-called, what is it, the Inflation Reduction Act, which, I don't know if you saw this, Congressman Jim Banks from, he's not my representative, but he's in he's from the state of Indiana. He's out there saying it should be illegal to name a bill something that it doesn't do, which is, <laughs> which is obviously what they've done here. I mean, even by their own predictions on the effects of the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, wouldn't you assume, if you knew nothing about politics, how deceitful the radical left is and all of that, but wouldn't you assume that if you pass something called the Inflation Reduction Act in a reasonably logical world or sane world, that that bill would actually reduce inflation, right? I mean, that... (laughs) what it's called that's what it's stated to do jim banks says well first of all it doesn't do it it doesn't bring it down we've been through this on this program before it brings down inflation over nine or ten years like 0.3 percent or something like that jim banks says you shouldn't be able to do that you shouldn't be able to name a bill something that it literally doesn't do (laughs) so uh, i mean i agree i just think it's that's that's one of the tactics the left does i mean they the way that the way that the left manipulates language is i think one of the top tools that they have they call i mean for example you're what are you, you um if if you're against abortion if you're pro life you're really anti choice just as just as an example uh, it it's never pro something else you're always anti something right that's the way that they do it fact that's i don't I, I had an experience with that in a debate in college with a girl who she called i've said it on here before she called me anti-choice i looked at her and said i tell you what i'll let you call me anti-choice when you let me call you anti-life and she sat there like dumbfounded because our side never presses back we just say oh, i'm not anti-choice da, 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 da. anyway but this is what the left what the left does and so in this inflation reduction act so-called absolutely false fake news the todd huff a fact check team has given this 10 Pinocchios or whatever, 15 thumbs down. It's 100% false. It doesn't reduce inflation. Ergo, it can't be called the Inflation Reduction Act. But on top of that, inside this stupid legislation, there is language or there's you know the stated intent that we're going to grow the size of the IRS, which is doubling. It's actually more than doubling. Think about that. Let that sink in. Pause for just a moment and think about what I just said. This bill, 
which was supposed to be designed to in, uh, reduce inflation, it actually more than doubles the size of the IRS. More than doubles the size of the IRS. And people are cheering this. It is crazy to me. It, and the numbers, what this? I'm looking at a, an article here in a BizPack review. It says, as of right now, there's uh, 78,661 employees on the IRS payroll. The so-called Inflation Reduction Act would allow the IRS to hire an additional 87,000. And you may have seen some of the videos or some of the job postings about um, carrying firearms and so forth for the IRS. What the world's going on here? I mean, this is this is bad stuff. And the left's out there saying, hey, just pay your taxes and you've got nothing to worry about. The naivete of this, my friends, is, is beyond me. Doubling. We are doubling the size of the IRS. And this is in the wake of these same jokers telling us it was time to defund the police. So defund the police, people who are there to prevent, well, to at least serve as a deterrent and to enforce the law so as to keep people safe from, from, from criminal acts, right? That's the police. They want less of those people. They want less Customs and Border Patrol because they want more legal immigration, but they want more IRS agents. What do you think these IRS agents are going to do? What do you think they're going to do? You think they're just going to sit there and go through, what, Bill Gates, Elon Musk's, uh, Jeff... Uh, Jeffrey Bezos, are they just going to be auditing them every year? Which I have a problem with that in and of itself. And I'm not, look, I'm not out here arguing for, you know, we shouldn't be evading taxes. But first of all, we have an incredibly complex tax code. And this is just not the way that this, again, I said that Jimmy Carville, James Carville and the left's strategy for uh, you know, dealing with people who are vote Republican is to uh, try to intimidate, mock them, uh, call them stupid and all that. They don't actually try to persuade them. The same is true here. Their policies are, I mean, th this message is received loud and clear across the board. I mean, this is not, 87,000 people are going to have to justify their jobs. And how do they do that? They're going to they're gonna audit more people. They're going to be, and, and again, I'm not, condoning people who are trying to circumvent the law. I'm just saying that tax law is complicated. And why do why do we need 87? We need more than double the size of the IRS. An organization, by the way, if you want to ask me the truth, I, I have a problem with the mere existence of this. And I have a problem with the idea that the government can tax your income and that you're supposed to tell them what it is. I don't, that's not how this country was that's not what, how it was at the beginning. I have ideological issues with that. But even if we say there is an IRS, why does it need to double over the course of, well, basically instantaneously? What on earth? What is going on? What in the world is going on? Again, the problem we have in this country, yes, we have stupid tax code that needs cleaned up and fixed. Okay, fine. But the main problem we have in this country is we're spending way too much money. It's not that we're not bringing in enough. We are spending way, way too much. Timeouts in order long in this segment. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute.
little bit of time remaining here, especially since I've gone long those previous previous segments. But I just isn't it strange? Isn't it odd to cheer to cheer on the growth of government? And again, I'm not. If someone is breaking tax law, there needs to be consequence for that. I'm 100% fine with that. But to double the size of the IRS, they're going. there's no way that they won't go after average people. There's absolutely no way. There's not, there's not enough of the high earners. I mean, folks, not, we're talking now at this point, what is it? Basically doubling, 150-plus thousand IRS agents. How is that good? People are on the left. People are cheering this on. Cheering this on, yes. We are so thrilled to have people who are, you know, basically going to be, I don't know, going through our records, auditing us with the fine-tooth comb to make sure that we've not, you know, made an error or whatever. It's just, it's crazy to me. It's crazy to me, especially when the way that we're taxed is not the way that it, originally the states collected taxes, sent it to the federal federal government. Now it's the opposite. Now the federal government collects a lot of taxes and sends things back, sends money back to the state if the states cooperate with what the federal government wants it to do. I mean, can we not see how dangerous that is if you're wanting to see true federalism, states' rights, and you know, people actually having the freedom within their own states to not be coerced or forced into some of this stupid junk that we see that's being forced upon us by the Biden administration and this things happening in education, on and on down the line. But this is not something to cheer about. And you don't have to be someone who's trying to evade taxes to say that. It's just not it's just not a good thing for a free society. You want to do you want to do the most appropriate thing, cut spending. And simplify the tax code or change the way that we tax people. That's be another another fair tax or whatever. I got to go. Time out is in order. Sit tight, my friends. Back in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I'm out of time, but I'm looking here at the uh, Tax Foundation's website. And in 2021, fiscal year 2021, the federal government hit its highest amount of taxes, uh, tax revenue, tax collections, $4.05 trillion. That's 18.1% of GDP. In other words, if you think of GDP as the total amount of money that the economy produces, total value of the economy, the government's taking one out of every, the federal government, not counting state and local, one out of every $5. I got to go. It's crazy. SDGC Monday, take care.